Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. So uh, getting getting back to some Major League Baseball, and we've got a special guest who's joining us uh, coming up this hour, and that's Brendan Cuddy. Uh, he covers the Yankees for NJ.com as well as the Star Ledger. So excited to get him on. Want to do a deep dive into some Major League Baseball talk in the first hour. We'll open up the phone lines, 800-919-3776. Second hour, let's talk some NBA. Moke Hamilton is always joins us each and every Sunday at 10 a.m. A lot to get to there in regard to the Knicks and the potential trade uh, that uh, many people are anticipating happening between the Knicks and, and Donovan Mitchell. Um, and um, we've got a he said, she said, a click or don't click. Tom and Jacob are producing the show, so uh, let's let's have a fun three hours on this Sunday fun day, uh, getting you ready for uh, for some sports this afternoon because we've got uh, we've got a Yankees team that uh, finally won. <laughs> Didn't think I'd say that this uh, this this Major League Baseball season, but let's be honest, the Yankees have been in somewhat of a slump. And uh, heading into this game yesterday, uh, there were some concerns. I hosted yesterday from noon to three, fielded quite a few calls pertaining to the Yankees. And it was interesting. I, I would say that it was, Tom, what you say was maybe 50-50 in regard to the calls that we took. Um, well, maybe, I, I take that back. If, if I had to give it a percentage, I'd say 60-40. 60% of, of Yankee fans out there are like, listen. And, and I feel this way as well, by the way. I'm in agreement with, with this. It's a long season. And it's not even over yet, right? We've got a second half of the season that's going to take place after the All-Star break. Um, and I think the All-Star break is, is coming at a perfect time for this Yankees team. And I just think, I think we're seeing a little bit of fatigue. And uh, I just think they need to just take a break, step away, hit the reset button, come back, second half of the season, and, uh, and, and continue to dominate like they did yesterday. They beat the Red Sox 14-1. to Aaron Judge doing Aaron Judge things. Three for three, three RBIs, two home runs. Uh, he, uh, he now has 33 home runs on the season, which, of course, um, ties Roger Maris's 33 uh, that he had before the All-Star break. Now, keep in mind, Barry Bonds had 39 back in 2001 when, of course, he broke the record at 73 total on the season. He had 39. So, um, you know, j- just to kind of give you an idea of, of the pace that Aaron Judge is on. And, and here's something interesting, and, and I'm going to talk to Brendan about this, and that is, you know, the, the Yankees continue to dominate, right? And, and I just want to pull up the standings here, just where we sit right now in the American League East. Uh, so 63-28, and 28, they've got a 13-game lead on the Tampa Bay Rays. Uh, they are 15-41, and 14.5 over the Blue Jays, 15.5 over the Red Sox. So they've got this really nice cushion. You know, if, if, if they continue to play where, you know, they, they win, they go 2-1 and one or 3-1 and one or 2-2 two and two in four-game series, right? You know, they're going to continue to maintain this lead. And as we get closer to um, the end of the season, you know, are, are we going to anticipate some re- rest management for Aaron Judge? 
Now, records are fantastic. That's what Major League Baseball is all about, right? And, and he's on pace right now to hit 60 home runs, right? Considering he's, he's, he's at 33 right now, and he had two yesterday. Bigger picture here, right? We're not talking about a, a player who's on a team that doesn't have a really phenomenal chance of winning a World Series. I mean, let's be honest. The Yankees are favored over the Dodgers, over the Mets. Over the, over the Astros. Yankees are, are, are favored to win the World Series. So as we get into the second half of the season, as great as these, these records are for all these individual players, bigger picture here is obviously to win, win a championship. So do we see some rest management for Aaron Judge towards the middle of the second half of the season? Right. Uh, so, you know, I, I know there, I know there's, and you know me, of course, you just got done listening to the, the, the golf show. Hopefully uh, you listen to me uh, on the weekends. You listen to me on our, our, our wagering show on Friday nights. You know, I'm a wagering woman. You know, there, there are prop bets out there. Will Aaron Judge hit over 60 home runs? I'm laying off of it. And I'd like to open up the phone lines, 800-919-3776. I, I think the Yankees need to be um, bigger picture here. And, and, and also, I think what's going to be interesting is Aaron Judge in this quote-unquote contract year, right? Wow. Could you imagine how much yeah, <laughs> Yankees offering him the, what was it again, 213.5, seven-year? You know, all we're hearing about is, you know, come November, boy, teams are just going to be lining up, dealing him the money. Heck, Soto just got 15 years, $440 million. Now, keep in mind, he's 23 years old. We tend to forget Aaron Judge is 30. Okay, I know he doesn't look like he's 30, but he is 30. But I do believe that there are going to be a number of teams that are going to be offering him that $40 million a year, whether it's seven years, eight years. Uh, you know, I, I know he wants 10. So I, I do believe that those offers are going to come. You imagine if he goes out and, and he hits over 60 home runs this season? No doubt those offers are going to come. So... For Aaron Judge, right, individual record, over 60 home runs, very few Major League Baseball players have done that in the course of a season. He's able to do that. You know money's going to be flowing big time his way come November. But he is a team player, and this is what we know. This is what we know about Aaron, right? Captain in that clubhouse. It doesn't sound to me that he's, a, he's, he's, he's selfless as opposed to selfish. added motivation for the Yankees to rest him, not only big picture, make sure he's ready for October. But <laughs> do the Yankees really want him hitting over 60 home runs this season, knowing, knowing who they're going to compete against come November for that next contract for him? Just food for thought. Something, some, something to think about, Yankee fans. Something to think about. But again, the Yankees, they did beat the Red Sox 14-1. to Tyone went six innings, only gave up one run, so that was a great outing. Um, and, uh, and Carpenter has just been unbelievable. Uh, 13 home runs on the season, 31 RBIs. And I read a stat here. Uh, marinating this for a minute. Matt Carpenter, he's got, he's got 13 home runs in, in 27 hits for the Yankees. Do the math. That's just ridiculous, right? 13 home runs in 27 hits for the Yankees. 
I'm, I, I just, I'm giving you a minute to marinate in that and just how spectacular that is. Um, by the way, Gallo was able to, to, to get close, if, if not surpass those stats back in 2021. So what's, what's happened to Gallo since? It has not been pretty. He's batting 138 in June, by the way. And I know a lot of talk and speculation as we get closer to uh, August 2nd. Um, you know, how, how, how attractive is he going to be for a trading partner? Um, we'll only, we'll find out. That's for sure. So uh, you've got more baseball, obviously, today at 135 first pitch for the Yankees. Garrett Cole going up against Chris Sale. Chris Sale is his second start on the season. His first start, um, I want to say he pitched like five, six innings, scoreless innings. But he's been on the shelf for a while because of broken ribs. So this is going to be really a fun matchup uh, between Garrett Cole and Chris Sale to see, uh, you know, um, how these two dudes are going to deal today. And then, of course, you've got the Mets coming off of a doubleheader yesterday where they won. Thank you, Pete Alonzo, um, being the elixir in both wins over the Cubs. So now you've got a Mets team looking to uh, for a four-game sweep today, and you've got Peterson pitching for the Mets going up against Samson. So let's open up the phone lines, 800-919-3776. Uh, yesterday we had quite a few uh, Yankee fans calling in concerned about the slump, the first slump we've seen this Yankees team have in quite a while, if, if at all, this season. And uh, But, man, what a way to respond. 14-1 against the Red Sox. What are your expectations for today? I'll break, in, I'll, I'll, I'll break down some of those numbers. What are my expectations for today with Garrett Cole against Chris Sale? And, um, and, and we'll talk about the Yankees as uh, Brendan Cuddy is going to be joining us at 9.30 in about 10 minutes who covers the Yankees for NJ.com as well as the Star-Ledger. Nina Marks with you on this Sunday fun day here on 98.7 ESPN. Without further ado, Brendan Cuddy joins us. Uh, he covers the Yankees for NJ.com, also the Star-Ledger. Uh, Brendan, thank you so much for spending some time with us on this Sunday morning. Good morning. How are you? Anita, I'm doing great. The Yankees are playing well. There's one day into the All-Star break. Yankee fans got to feel great right now. Uh, well, you said they're playing well. That wasn't the case yesterday when I was hosting around noon. Uh, fielded a lot of calls here from Yankee fans. Um, I'd say 30 to 40 percent with some concerns in regard to the, the quote-unquote slump we've seen them in. Obviously, 14-1 against the Red Sox. Uh, don't, don't call it a comeback. Um, but um, uh, the, the majority of calls that we took were Yankee fans calling in saying, I'm not worried. It's a long season. It's fatigue. The all-star break couldn't get here fast enough. This is a perfect time for it. This Yankees team is going to be fine. What do you say, Brendan? That's exactly what I would say, Anita. Listen, a lot of Yankees fans act like the world's falling no matter what. Not the world's falling. The sky's falling no matter what's happening. Your take there seemed rather reasoned, and yesterday you saw why, because Matt Carpenter can crack open a game out of nowhere. Aaron Judge still can do it. He's been struggling lately, but it was good to see him get out of that funk. Listen, the Yankees are going to go into the all-star break with a 13- or 12-game lead in the American League East. If you told Yankees fans that that was going to happen at the start of spring training, they would have signed up for that 10 times. Now, I get that there's, a, there's some recency you've got to look into here. You know, Before yesterday's win, they had lost – five of their last six, I believe, <clears throat> you're going to have those kind of bumps in the road uh, all the time. And with some of the injuries to Severino and to Castro, you, you, you think things are looking a little fraught. But 
man, you got to love where they're at in the standings, the cushion they've built, the distance they've put between them and the competition so that they have time to right their ship when things like this are happening right now. Really, if I'm a Yankees fan, I'm over the moon. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, pretty much. I, I mean, I didn't, I didn't use those words, but, um, but, but pretty much, uh, same, same idea, same concept. Um, heading into, of course, the All Star break. Now, I, I want to talk about Aaron Judge for a second, right? And and, let, and let's rewind just really quick. Set up the stage. As we know, prior to the season, Cashman, the Yankees, they offer him the seven year, two point three, two thirteen point five million dollar deal. Uh, just a few weeks ago, Hal talks to the media, says, we, we made Judge a fair offer. I'm very happy with the offer we made him. We made him offer what he, what our value, what his value is to us and our, our ball club. I just, to me, I, I just, I, I giggled at that. Are you kidding me? This dude is on pace uh, for 60 home runs, right? And we know that there's going to be a number of teams out there, maybe one just a few miles away in, in Queens, who's going to be offering him the $40 million a year, maybe seven, eight, nine, ten 10 years. I know that's what he wants. He wants a 10-year deal, right? He wants to be paid till he's 40. Keep in mind, he's 30. How do you think the Yankees handle him? How do you think Judge handles himself the second half of the season? Because, Brendan, let's be honest. You know, he ends up with 60-plus home runs. Boy, you know for sure. Maybe there'll be 20 teams that come after him with that kind of money. But so, so the, the better Aaron Judge does... Um, the more difficult it's going to be for the Yankees to match whatever comes his way if, if they so are anticipating to match. And then, of course, big picture here is, as you pointed out, Brendan, they have such a, a monster lead in that division that are, should we anticipate some rest management towards the end of the second half of the season, which might not allow Judge to reach his home run potential? How is this all going to play out? Yeah, so um, I, I, I do think that there are two things that come into play here. Um, Aaron Judge is worth more than the money the Yankees offered him, the $235 million seven-year contract. But I also think that the Yankees made a good offer. That's, that's a good, solid deal, right? $30.5 million a year. Who turns that down in real life? Now, Aaron Judge is a video game. He, he is not a real athlete. He's uh, a generational-type talent. He's worth a lot more than that, and he's showing that. And I just think that there are only really only a few teams that will attempt to come as close to what the Yankees are willing to pay Aaron Judge. You're seeing it right now with the Juan Soto episode, right, how he turned down $350 million last year. The Nationals just upped it to 440 I mean, <laughs> that's, that just shows the, uh, the, the bottomless pit of money these teams have. I think Aaron Judge sees that and says, Yankees, what are you hiding from me? I do think the Yankees will match whatever high offer Aaron Judge gets, and I do think Aaron Judge will take it. It's the best marriage possible. It's, it's where he can make the most money and have the biggest impact uh, through the New York market. Uh, he likes it here. He performs well here. Um, now, going back to your other point, will he get a chance to hit 60 home runs? I don't know, right? That's a good problem to have because, you know, you want to rest Aaron Judge and have him healthy for the postseason, but you have to keep him, you know, keep him playing regularly because it's not like the NBA. You can't just kind of jump and and be ready for the postseason. Um, so I, I do think Aaron Judge has a shot at 60 home runs. Who knows? Maybe he even goes on an even hotter streak, you know, right after the All Star break and he hits 60 home runs by early September. 
Oh, wow. Uh, that's, uh, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, that's aggressive. Um, again, it would be impressive. I'm just saying, who knows, right? You say impressive. I say aggressive. Brendan Cuddy joining us here, uh, talking all things Yankees. You can see his work all over NJ.com as well as the star ledger. Let's talk about Soto for a second, right? 15 years, 440 million dollars, which makes it around $30 million. If you do the deal turns it down. Dude's 23 years old. He's batting 247, number one walked player in Major League Baseball. But the Nationals are in a rebuild. Maybe that's just he doesn't want to be a part of it. Of course, we know a lot of these baseball players, they're looking at Mike Trout's deal. 12 years, 426. He's getting 35.5 million. That's the deal, of course, that uh, that that we know Aaron Judge is eyeing as well. Um, Jeff Passan, who I'm sure you know and, and, and does a great job for us here at, at ESPN, came out and said the deal for Soto is going to be like the Herschel Walker deal in the NFL. If you recall back in 1989, four, four, four players, eight picks. That's what it's going to take to deal for, for Soto. And so I, I just I, I want to like just entertain the thought of him possibly coming to the Yankees. We've heard Brian Cashman say, our prospects not available, off limits. I think this is a different situation. So I, I wanted to bring you on just to kind of talk about a. Do you think it's a it's 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 a it's a possibility that Soto does become a Yankee at any any given time? And number two, give us an idea. What are some of the prospects down there in the minors um, that you feel um, are you know kicking butt, taking names, and could be a part of a deal like this? Every single one of them. And their entire families, and their families' <laughs> families. The Yankees would trade their entire AAA team for uh, Juan Soto. They would trade Anthony Volpe for Juan Soto. Kidding? The, the kind of player that Juan Soto is, uh, the, the the talent that he is. There is nobody off limits when it comes to Juan Soto. Anita, I think right now Brian Cashman would tell you he would entertain the idea of Aaron Judge for Juan Soto straight up. Actually, actually, I don't think the Nationals do that deal. They're being honest. You know, I, I think that there is nobody off limits when it comes to Juan Soto on a single Major League Baseball team anywhere. Um, do I think it's going to happen? No. Uh, I don't think the Yankees um, are going to try to trade for Juan Soto right now. And I, I mean, of course, if his name is truly dangled in trade talks, Brian Cashman will, will be there and at the front of that line because he has to be. But I, I just feel like it's too pie in the sky. Um, I, I don't think the Nationals – I don't know. Right? It's hard to read the Nationals because $440 million is so much money. But also think about it in terms of 15 years for a, a multi-billion dollar business. You know, maybe it's really not that much money. And, and maybe that – maybe the Nationals feel like they have to strike when the iron's hot in terms of Juan Soto's trade value because they kind of have some kind of inside knowledge or inference that he just doesn't want to play for Washington, you know? Uh, so it, it's tough to see. Uh, I don't mean to cop out, but, yeah, it, it, if Juan Soto becomes available, the Yankees are going to be involved, and though Brian Cashman would trade his, you know, his children for, for, for Juan Soto. Um, I would trade my kids, but I don't have any, any of them. <laughs> well, I'm not trading my dogs 
My dogs are my kids. I'm not trading my dogs. Um, you know, and, and I think it's important we point out, I think sometimes we forget, you know, Aaron Judge doesn't look like he's 30, right? So sometimes I think we forget he's 30. He's going to be 31. If you look at uh, Major League Baseball and, and statistically, you know, baseball players, uh, their statistics uh, start to dip around 35, 36, 37 years old. And he wants a 10-year deal. Obviously, Soto, he's 23 years old. And, and also, here's another thing, Brendan, before I let you go, I'd like for you to comment on this, and that is, you know, this has been an outlier season for Aaron Judge. Keep in mind, five prior to this year, five major league seasons, full five major league seasons, and only two of them, two of the five, was he able to play more than 115, 115 games. So not only is it that he's 30, but he does have a little injury, not a little, a lot of injury history here. Has not been the case this season, which is great. But, you know, he, he does have a track record in that regard. Yeah, and either. So, I mean, I would say I'm 35, and a lot of people tell me that I don't look 35. So, you know, like, I, I feel like I'm like a little bit of the Aaron Judge of sports writing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, single ladies who ESPN uh, radio. Um, anyway, um, <laughs> you know, when it comes to Aaron Judge and his injury history, um, I think he's shown that he's beaten that. You know, he wasn't injured last year. He isn't injured this season. If you want to go tit for tat with the injuries he's had, there are some freak injuries. Taking that fastball off the wrist, um, a random calf strain or a random oblique strain here or there. I think at this point we kind of have to dead the Aaron Judge's injury-prone uh, situation. You have to more look at, you know, we don't know exactly how uh, a six foot eight body like Aaron Judge's transitions into age 32, 33, 34, we, we don't know exactly what that looks like. Now, Aaron Judge is a superior athlete, uh, and with the technology athletes have today, I would bet that he, as a six-foot-eighter, he lasts longer than a lot others would have in the past. Um, so I, I would feel good about Aaron Judge staying healthy for a longer time than uh, a lot of other players we have seen in the past. Uh, great stuff, Brendan. Um, love your commentary and uh, and love your jokes <laughs> on this Sunday morning. Brendan Cuddy joining us. We've got to have you on again soon. Thank you so much. Enjoy the rest of your Sunday fun day. Anita, thank you so much. You got it. You got it. Um, we'll open up the phone lines, Yankee fans. Your thoughts? Uh, interesting. Brian Cashman. Brendan said Brian Cashman would trade Aaron Judge for Soto. Whoa. Whoa. 98.7 ESPN. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. When you're on a business trip, you know what goes completely off the rails? Your workout routine, especially when you book a hotel that doesn't have a gym. So what ends up happening is you do a few push-ups and sit-ups in your room, run around the block, or just skip it entirely. Lame. If you just stay at La Quinta by Wyndham, you'll discover there's a fully equipped fitness center at every location. Now you can wake up and power your buys and tries the right way or de-stress with some cardio. The choice is yours. Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And... Boom! Yeho Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! 
loved the playmaking splash shifted the tempo another great cocktail from the hypnotic team every season is hypnotic and tequila season hypnotic liqueur bardstown kentucky 17 percent alcohol by volume hypnotic reminds you to think wisely drink wisely without further ado um we've got moke hamilton who's joining us here on 98.7 espn moke welcome in how are you I'm doing well, Anita. Thank you. Uh, thank you for having me, as always. How, how are you? I hope your Sunday has gotten off to a splendiferous beginning. Oh, thank you, thank you. I appreciate it. Um, uh, so let, let's 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 do a deep dive into what's going on with the Knicks. Finally, we're talking about the Knicks, right? I feel like we've been talking about the Nets forever and a day because of uh, the drama surrounding Kyrie and um, and and Katie. But but finally, we're talking Knicks here because. The Utah Jazz, as you know, listening, open to, um, you know, uh, offers for Donovan Mitchell. And reports are that the Knicks is the most likely team to land him. But it's going to be a huge asking price. Before we dive into that, give us your assessment of Donovan Mitchell. And, and you know, wh- where do you have him ranked uh, in the NBA in regard to players? Do you have him in the top 10, top 15, top 20? Like, give us an idea of your thoughts on the player, Donovan Mitchell. Well, that's actually a great question. It's not something that people really spend that much time asking or thinking about, Anita. Um, I, I'm i not sure. I'd have to get a pen and a paper and, and sit down and think about it, to be honest with you. But off the top of my head, I'm, I'm not thinking he's top ten, uh, but I do think he's knocking on the door. You know, like, I think that, in all fairness, you can probably put him somewhere around that 15 range. Uh, but like I said, before I actually, you know, put a number next to him, I'd, I'd really have to sit down and think about it. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I think in all fairness, you can probably say that he's somewhere between 10 and 15, just off the top of my head. Um, as, as far as how I feel about him as a player, you know, I think that the, the knock against him really, which is well-founded, is just his lack of size. Um, You know, he's particularly miniature for a shooting guard. He gets a lot of comparisons to Dwayne Wade, but Dwayne Wade was a good 6'3", 6'4". Donovan Mitchell stands at about 6'1". So Donovan Mitchell really is more of a a shooting guard in a point guard's body. Um, That said, he's a magnificent offensive player, and if you surround him with the right pieces, then, you know, you can find sustained success which is what the Utah Jazz uh, were able to do with him. So, I mean, if, if you're, you know, 80% of, of the teams in the NBA that have a need for an explosive scoring guard in your backcourt, then he's somebody that you should be interested in. So, you know, I'm not going to devalue him and, and say that you can't win with him and Jalen Brunson in the background. You know, at the end of the day, Donovan Mitchell is going to turn 26 years old in September, I believe. So he's still in his prime. Um, this guy's a perennial all-star, and he's a, a, a dynamic playmaker and someone that can galvanize a team with his ability to take over. So if I'm the New York Knicks, he's, he's exactly the kind of player that I would want to add to my roster if given that opportunity. Interesting, um, because and, and then and then and I, I wanted you. I wanted to preface. I want to get your 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 thoughts on him as a player because now's where it really gets uh, interesting because the precedent has been set in regard to you know and and, and I'm going to go to that Rudy Gobert trade that went down with Minnesota, right? Four first round draft picks, right. three of them unprotected, 
and uh, you know one would say Donovan Mitchell a better NBA player than um, than Rudy Gobert obviously they play different positions obviously they have different roles but nonetheless uh, what's being reported is that the Jazz and Danny Ainge are going to ask for the world what does that mean some reports out there six first round draft picks so if it's six first round draft picks you got to assume what four unprotected uh, maybe some young players. Now, at first, it was being re- it was being reported that they'd be interested in R.J. Barrett, but apparently the latest is no because uh, R.J. Barrett is going to be paid a ton of money next year, and they don't want to be on the hook for that. So um, is, is that a deal that you would do, Moke? Six first-round draft picks with a number of them being unprotected? Uh, yeah, I to be honest with you, Anita, I would – so first of all, that's, that's a lot. That is a lot. Um, I don't know if I would go that far if, if I'm Leon Rose and I'm the Knicks, but I will say that it would certainly be uh, – it's a two-way graph, right? Like, it's, it's not only about the draft picks. It's also about the players that the Knicks would be sending there. I mean, if they're willing to take Evan Fournier as opposed to Quinton Grimes and Obi Toppin, then maybe that's something you can think about. But, I mean, at the end of the day – the reason why you get draft picks is so that you can go out and try to find players like Obi Toppin, like Emmanuel Quickly, like even a, a Quentin Grimes, you know. The reason why the Jazz are, are in on, on these guys in particular is because they're young players with promise, which is what draft picks are all about. Um, people really value draft picks highly. You know, like, let's not forget that Martel Fultz was chosen number one overall um, not, too, not too long ago, right? So, the pick is really a roll of the dice, and 80% of the time, the person that gets picked with, with, with whatever pick it is ends up out of the league after three or four years, you know, five or six years. Like, um, so I think it's important to, to, to keep that perspective. But that said, I think that you have to analyze this deal for the Knicks differently than the way it would be analyzed for the Timberwolves because the Timberwolves already have a core, and from the Timberwolves' standpoint, they think that Rudy Gobert is the final piece to get them over the hump, right? If you're adding the final piece to your roster, it allows you to be, uh, it, it allows you to live a bit more dangerously and take a bigger risk to get that final piece. For the Knicks, you actually could argue that Donovan Mitchell is really the first big piece, or maybe even the second. So for them. Whether, you know, if they were to acquire him, they still have to find a way to continue to build around him. And if you're the Knicks, that's really where you'd want to be able to keep at least some of your assets in your war chest. Because, you know, Jalen Brunson and Donovan Mitchell and Julius Randle, that might not be the trio that's going to help you contend for the Eastern Conference championship or for an NBA championship. But what it would do is it would give you a core that would make the next guy, you know, um, just to throw out a name, Anthony Davis, for example, right, or DeMantis Sabonis or one of these guys. The next guy that decides he wants to see greener pastures, New York would then be a team on his radar because they already have a nucleus. So I think that's the real value in adding Donovan Mitchell and knowing that he himself wouldn't make you a championship contender the way the Timberwolves believe that they are now with Rudy Gobert, just that fact alone should make you be a bit more protective of the assets that you do have. And I think that's something that 
that Leon Rose and the front office understand. The, the last thing I will say quickly about it, Anita, is also that the, the, the NBA today is dominated by guards and explosive backcourt players. So the market for Donovan Mitchell, there are a lot of teams out there that are not interested in him because they have that position filled or they have a person in that roster slot that they're comfortable with, that they're paying uh, a value that they're happy with, right? And a number of teams in the NBA would kind of fit into that category. So there, there are a lot of things here that I would say I wouldn't expect the ultimate payoff for Donovan Mitchell to approach what the Jazz received for Rudy Gobert. Um, but obviously that, that remains to be seen. But that's just, that's just my hunch and my instinct. Again, Moke Hamilton joining us here on 98.7 ESPN. Just just envisioning what this this starting five would look like with the Knicks, with, uh, with of course, Donovan Mitchell and Jalen Brunson. Uh, you know, those two solidifying the backcourt. I'm curious to get your thoughts where that backcourt would rank in the NBA. Um, also, you've got, obviously, R.J. Barrett, because reports are that the Jazz don't want R.J. Barrett because the money that he's going to demand next season Julius Randle, not that I'm a Julius Randle apologist, uh, but I do believe that this could be a good season for Julius Randle uh, with the makeup of this team um, and him uh, kind of getting over really a horrific year last year. And, and I just, I, I love Mitchell Robinson. So, you know, two, two part question here. Number one, where would you rank a backcourt with Jalen Brunson and Donovan Mitchell combined on it? And number, number two with that lineup, and of course the depth of, and, and we don't know, would quickly, with Grimes, would Toppin, would they be a part of, uh, you know, whatever deal would be agreed to with the Jazz? Who knows? But with that starting five, how far do you think this team can really go? Second round of the playoffs, Mo? What, where, how far do you have them going with that starting five? Uh, okay, so as far as where they rank as a, as a backcourt um, or where they would rank, uh, you know, I think that they would – you know they would they would be worth mentioning. Um, you know, I would say I mean they have the potential to be maybe a, a, a top you know top six or seven maybe top eight backcourt in the league. Um, again, you know just off the top of my head, there there are you know some other some other backcourts that I like um, that I would probably put put ahead of them. But the other thing too is like it's just such an unknown quantity. You know, it's hard to say that, oh, well, you know, they'd be a top five backcourt in the league because, number one, like, these guys haven't ever played together, so we just don't have any sample size of what their coexistence would be like. Um, on the other hand, you have to definitely consider what they're going to look like on the defensive end, which may not be that great considering both of them are so miniature. Um, so there are a number of things that you could say that, would probably yield the conclusion that they're not a top five backcourt, you know, not a top six or seven. So I would say, again, I'd probably put them somewhere in the, in the neighborhood of 10 without actually looking at it. And, um, but for the starting five, you know, if I'm the Knicks, I, I think that I'm willing to give up a lot of the young promising players that I have and a couple of the draft picks as well. You accumulate those things for this very purpose. This is the reason why you don't trade draft picks and you try to be wise with the picks that you do have and you do select a, a guy like an Obi Toppin. You do it for opportunities like this because you just don't get the chance to add a 25, 26-year-old all-star in his prime at a position of need to your roster 
Uh, it doesn't happen every day in the NBA. Now, if the Knicks are able to hold on to R.J. Barrett in the deal, which it seems like they would be able to, I would certainly think that the Knicks would be vying for a top four or five seed in the Eastern Conference. I'm not sure they'd be cracking the top three, at least not immediately. Would they be a, a second-round team? It, it's within the realm of possibility. If I'm a Knicks fan, adding Donovan Mitchell, I would certainly expect that to put the team back in the playoffs. I'd be sort, Everybody involved would be sort of disappointed if you were able to add him and not even find yourself back in the postseason. Whether you'd win the first round would ultimately just come down to matchups and who you're going to be playing, um, whether you have home court advantage, all these things. But I certainly think that uh, a second-round playoff berth should be within the realm of possibility if you went into the regular season with that as your starting five. Love it. Uh, Mo, thank you so much. Last one for you before I let you go. I'm hearing that the timetable for this to happen is, is going to take a few weeks um, to iron it out. Are, are you in agreement with that? Is this something that's going to be long and drawn out? We're going to be talking about this for the next two weeks. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel sort of, yes, I think so. I feel the, sort of the same way about it as I felt about the next deal, which are potential deals which we talked about last week. And it's just that right now in the NBA, you know, uh, summer league drawing to a close, free agency pretty much slowing down, all the big chips have really fallen. People are going to gonna start taking vacations, man. You know, they're going to start uh, relaxing and going to Turks and Caicos and, and Barbados and stuff like that. And the action just slows down in the league uh, in the latter weeks of July. And for Utah, there's really no rush to get this thing done before players have to report for training camp. So I do ultimately expect Donovan Mitchell to be dealt. I think the Knicks have to like where they are. Um, the only thing I'd say, Anita, is the longer it takes to happen, is the more opportunity other teams around the league will have to sort of enter the, the sweepstakes if you're the Knicks. So I don't think it's going to happen tomorrow, um, but I do think it will happen before training camp because I do think the Knicks are going to express a certain amount of urgency toward it because they don't want the, the the market to they don't want to give the market the opportunity to be up, you know. So, so that's that's my take. Great stuff as always, Moak. Love having you on Sunday mornings. Thank you so much. Enjoy the rest of your morning. Thanks a lot. You too. You got it, Moak Hamilton. A lot to unpack there, Knicks fans. Eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six is six first round draft picks. How 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 many unprotected? Whether it be four, five, too much for Donovan Mitchell based on. Moke Hamilton, where he ranks him as player in the NBA, where he ranks the combination of him and Jalen Brunson as a backcourt in the NBA. I think, I think what really got me uh, here is with, with, with that starting five for the Knicks, one of the most exciting starting fives we've seen in a while, and with the addition of Donovan Mitchell, what that could bring with future free agents. I know we talk about that each and every year. And the fact that, um, you know, these dudes play in Manhattan at the Garden, it's, it's just, it's not enough anymore. There needs to be more. Could Donovan Mitchell be that, that, that part? Could he be that piece that will help New York become a destination again for free agents in the NBA? Especially if this team, with that starting five, who knows what the depth is going to be. Again, I would imagine that there might be some players included in that trade with the Utah Jazz, if it does, uh, if it does happen, how far can they go in the play? If they go, let's say, into the second round, 
and that's Moke and I are on the same page there. Um, all that combined, is that enticing enough? Is that worth giving up six first round draft picks? 800-919-3776. We come back, we'll take your calls. Uh, Anita Marks with you, 98.7 ESPN. Will the Knicks be a playoff contender if and when uh, they add Donovan Mitchell to the mix? By the way, before we get to your calls, 98.7 ESPN leader board update brought to you by Superbook Sports. Superbook Sports is live in New Jersey. Visit Superbook.com for all the latest odds and promotions. Um, have a gambling problem? Again, you want to make sure uh, you call 1-800-GAMBLER. And uh, you've got Rory and Victor Hovland, two dudes at the top of leaderboard, started 16-under. Well, they're still there through two, even through two. Cam Smith, one under through three, so he now advances to 13-under. Cam Young is even as well. That's where they stand. Uh, Shoffley. Uh, making some noise today. He's six under through 14, so he's 11 under. I think too far back to win this bad boy, but he definitely right now is sitting in the top five. Also, Keith Urban is coming to the PNC Bank Arts Center on Friday, July 29th. Stay tuned for your chance to win a pair of tickets coming up later in today's show. So all from Live Nation. Tickets are on sale now at livenation.com. Let's get to your calls. 800-919-3776. Uh, the show just is not complete these days without Anthony calling in from his mail truck, delivering mail on a Sunday, Anthony? Yeah, we got to deliver Amazon packages because they're so swamped that we help them out and we deliver Amazon. We deliver, uh, you know, Macy's, you know, all these, all these fun packages on a nice Sunday. Beautiful Sunday. I love it. I love it. How are you, Anita? Good morning. I'm great. I'm great. Thank you. Yeah, of course. So I think that if the Knicks get Donovan Mitchell, yes, they are a playoff team. But does it put you over the hump? Now, me saying that would mean I don't want to give up six first-round picks. I don't even – I really don't want to even give up five first-round picks. I'd like to go four first-round picks and then, you know – Give, give a couple players. But if R.J. Barrett's in the deal, I'm saying no deal. I think the Rudy Gobert trade was horrendous. Uh, I think the Jazz fleeced the Timberwolves, like, hardcore. And I think that that's what the Jazz are basing this this uh, Donovan Mitchell uh, trade off of. But I think that the Jazz are – their backs are against the wall. You know, I think – that the Knicks are really the only shooter that can give them, you know, realistically close to what they want. And I like the Knicks playing hardball, you know, but if, if a deal comes up and, you know, it's too hard to pass up, I think the Knicks should take it. Because, like I said, you know, they, they definitely uh, – Donovan Mitchell definitely puts them uh, over the top, meaning, you know, at least a top six seed. Um, but – you know, from from there on out, I, I I don't know you know what else he can do. You know, it, it reminds me a lot of the Carmelo Anthony trade. You know, a, yes, a lot of people, you know, Anthony, a lot of people, a lot of people are comparing it to that, and I just I, I don't know, I I don't see it, I, I don't see it. I just feel like we're we're you know we're more mortgaging a lot of our future, and yes, we have eleven first round picks in the next seven years, but we're mortgaging a lot of it you know, for this one player who's not a Kevin Durant, who's not a, uh, you know, uh, a LeBron James. Not saying that we would get any of them, but 
What I'm saying is I don't think that he's a super superstar, if that makes sense. I'll hang up and listen, Anita. Thanks for taking my call as always, and have a great day. Right. You know, Anthony, no, he, he's not a super superstar, but how many super superstar stupor, how many super superstars, as you like to say, um, as I try to repeat it, um, are, are going to be available? They're just not. You know, I, I mean, you know, but but he but he is he is. He's a he's a he's a I'm not going to say great. He's a very good. He's a very good guard. And with the addition, the, the combination, adding him to the backcourt with Brunson really makes makes this Knicks team complete. And and, and again, as, as Moke alluded to, attractive for a number of other players who potentially could come. And his contract, you know, he's he's I want to say it's four years, a hundred, almost 140, 139, $140 million. So and and you just you just signed Brunson, so it's not like you've, you've got a backcourt now for the next two, three, four years that can grow, build together, and really become something special. So you got to keep that in mind, right? Like, this isn't just a one-year deal. You're not giving up six draft picks for a one-year deal. You're talking about really solidifying a solid backcourt for a Knicks team and a Knicks franchise and an organization for the next few years. So there's value in that because of the contract that you're getting with Donovan Mitchell. 800-919-3776. We've got a number of, of, uh, of calls coming in. A lot of you want to chime in on this uh, Donovan Mitchell potential trade to the Knicks. So we'll get you when we get back. Daniel, Assad, hang tight. Mitch, I, I know you want to talk some, some Major League Baseball. You've been hold for, on hold for quite a while. I'm going to get you first, okay? Uh, even though we, we are talking all things NBA, um, I'll get to you first because you have been on hold for a hot second. Anita Marks with you on this Sunday Funday here on 98.7 ESPN. Let's get your calls. As I said, Mitch, I want to kick off with you. I know you want to talk Major League Baseball. We're talking NBA right now, but what would like for you to get on and get your point across. Uh, welcome in, Mitch. How's it going, Anita? Sorry, there's always got to be one in the crowd, right? <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. Uh, well, Yankees, you know, they're talking about going after Soto when they have somebody that's just a little better than Judge. It's like apples and oranges. I, it'd be fun if they both go. I think Judge winds up with the Angels. That'd be, that'd be someone like McCovey, uh, Cepeda, and Willie Mays. And I think the Dodgers trade for Soto. Do it now. Because I'm tired, I'm tired of all these uh, top prospects they rave about. And either they don't pan out like Cody or DJ Peters or they let him go like Machado and um, especially Corey Seager. Do you think that will happen? I mean, I mean, how much money is enough? It's, it's ridiculous. I thought the 15 years, $440 million was enough. And Ian, thanks for taking my call. I hope everything is well with you. Thank you. Appreciate it. Uh, we were talking uh, the Yankees earlier in the show um, with Brendan Cuddy from uh, NJ.com and uh, with Soto potentially uh, being traded. What would it take? As we've heard Brian Cashman say, prospects off limits and uh, had Brendan on saying nothing is off limits. Cashman's kids are not off limits. Even Aaron judge is not off limits, uh, but we're talking NBA this hour here on 98.7 ESPN. Let's get to your calls on Donovan Mitchell and the Knicks 800-919-3776. Let's go to Assad in Brooklyn. Assad, welcome in. 
Thank you, Anita. Long-time listener, first-time caller. <laughs> welcome, welcome. Um, Hi. I, how are you? Um, I miss Jeff Gang, Andy. Uh, one of my favorite coaches of all time. So, listen, um, the reason I was calling is that, um, you know, I'm, not, I'm just like everyone else, i totally against this Donovan Mitchell trade. But I had a counter trade that I wanted to run by you and see what you thought about it. Okay, go um, ahead. So it was between the Knicks, the Nets, and the New Orleans Pelicans, right? The Knicks would receive, and I did this with the NBA trade machine, uh, and it went through. So the Knicks would receive Brandon Ingram. Um, the Nets would, I mean, uh, the Pelicans would receive, would receive Kevin Durant. And the Nets would receive Evan Fournier. They would receive Obi Toppin. They would receive Quentin Grimes. They would receive Larry Nance Jr. They would get two firsts from the Knicks in the second, and they would get two firsts and a second from the Pelicans. What do you think about that? Uh, you've got a lot going on there, Asad. Um, oh, and... So the Knicks will receive Brandon Ingram. I think that makes us a better team. Yeah, um, yeah. No, the absolutely. Pelicans, the Pelicans would get Kevin Durant. I think that makes them a better team. And then the Nets would receive a young player in Obi Toppin and Quentin Grimes. They would receive an expiring contract in Larry Dance Jr. That's like $9 million. They would receive Evan Fournier that they could do whatever they want with. And then they received two firsts. From the Knicks and the second, they will receive two firsts and a second from the Pelicans. So they have no first-round picks for the next five years. So it would give them an opportunity to rebuild with some nice young players, and it will also restock their um, their, draft, their draft picks. Yeah, I, 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 I'm, again, Asad, I'm really impressed. Um, you know, just all of that is above my pay grade, to be quite frank. Uh, it, it, sounds, it sounds good. Um, I'd have to uh, sit down and, and, and really take a look at everybody's roster and uh, to really assess that trade. But if you say, you know, the trade machine uh, gave you two thumbs up, well, again, it's, it sounds good. <laughs> That's a lot. 800-919-3776. Let's go to Daniel in San Antonio. Calling in from San Antonio. Daniel, welcome. Yes, hi, Anita. Uh, long-time listener, uh, first-time caller. Uh, big fan of the show, though. Um, lifelong Knicks fan. Uh, I grew up in Brooklyn, uh, so I kept my teams once I moved down here. Uh, just wanted to bring up the point. I'm a big fan of the Mitchell trade. Um, to me, in the last 30 to 40 years, what have the Knicks really done with their picks? I think our last consistent all-star we drafted was Patrick Ewing um, back in the 80s. Um, otherwise, they really haven't done much with their picks nor do I have a lot of faith that they will. Um, so my thing is, as long as you can keep some of your young players and to give up as many draft picks as you can, I'd be perfectly fine with uh, six first-round picks. And, um, you know, to me it's a lot different than the Carmelo Anthony thing because when that happened, we were an up-and-coming team, and then we kind of gave up everybody to get them. Uh, so I just wanted to hear your thoughts on that. Um, you know, here's the thing, you know, I, I think Knicks fans bring a lot of baggage and, and I understand, right? Like it's, it's been, it's, it's, it's been a tough, it's, a, it's been, I was going to say, it's been a tough decade. It's more than that. It's been tough. So I just, I'm hearing, and, and I want to bring in Tom and Jacob are both producing the show. Guys, I, I feel like we're hearing a lot of comparison of, um, you know, former players uh, Carmelo Anthony and, and comparing that to this, first of all, different position. Um, Carmelo Anthony plays a different style of basketball. I, I just, 
I, I just, I, I don't get, I don't, I don't get the feeling that this is the same situation as the the Knicks were in when they got Carmelo Anthony, and 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 I see, I see a higher ceiling in in regard to what he's going to do for this team, more so than. You know, at that point in time, when 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 the Knicks brought in Carmelo Anthony, I just I feel like the the NBA was in a situation where it was like a lot of individual basketball, right? Yes, it's team. You've got five on the court, but at that point in time, it was just a lot of individual play. Um, and now what we're seeing are, are teams that are having success, like the Boston Celtics, like the Golden State Warriors. We're we're heading back more into team chemistry, team basketball, right? Uh, you know, better spacing, better passing, three-point shooting. It's just, it's just. I feel like it's a different day. It's a different game, and this is a much different player than Carmelo Anthony. So, I, are, are, are you are you seeing it the same way I am, or no? Well, from the callers, I, I've been taking calls all day, and it's been about fifty-fifty on this Knicks trade. Uh, even sometimes like maybe sixty-forty, and I get it. Uh, a lot of Knicks fans, me being one. Maybe not as much as most in terms of have that PTSD from that Carmelo Anthony Anthony trade. It wasn't it wasn't a bad trade at the time. I think it was just gutting out a lot of our starters or rotational pieces for a superstar. I mean, it was a lot of factors after that that uh turned out not working well for us. Uh, like Stoudemire's knee going out and uh, some of the decisions the front office made in terms of drafting and uh, signing players, but. I think this is a deal the Knicks need to do. Um, to me, the six front first uh, six first round draft picks are kind of excessive, but the Knicks also haven't uh, picked well in the draft. Also, um, maybe minus the last like two to three years, but besides that, uh, most of our draft picks haven't worked out. But this is a trade I would do uh, for Donovan Mitchell. He's the top fifteen, maybe even twenty guy, and uh, I would surely love to add him to the roster. If it's yeah. A- if it's a pick-centric trade where their main asset that they're shipping off is draft picks, I don't mind them making that trade as long as they keep some of their young core still intact in New York. I don't know if they're going to be able to keep all the best pieces that are young if they pursue this trade for Donovan Mitchell. But I do think, again, if it's pick-centric, it's a good deal because you don't know what those players or where those picks would turn out even down the line. For all we know, they could be like middle of the first round end of the first round if the Knicks were to do really well with Donovan Mitchell. Yeah, and, and we talked about that yesterday, right? Like, uh, you know, you're like, oh, yeah, your first reaction is, oh, six picks. But what what have the, the, the Knicks done in the draft in, in the last few years? Now, granted, I know there's a new regime, new front office, new decision makers, a new scouting department, whatever the case may be, new, 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 new. I get it. But but and, and go back and, and just have some fun if you've got some time today, hopefully while you're watching the open, um, and, and look back at, at, at previous drafts. And you know, it's it's not only it's not always the best players in the NBA going in the first three, first five, first ten picks. You know, there's always diamonds in the rough. Always. Always, always, always. Uh, quick break, we come back, we'll continue with your calls. Brandon, Reggie, Dre, hang tight, we'll get to you guys. Anita Marks with you, ninety eight point seven ESPN. By the way, today's New York Mets injury report is brought to you by 
total orthopedics, spine, and sports medicine. Uh, no bigger person to talk about than Jacob DeGrom, who's had three rehab starts already and has done exceptionally well. This week, he's, uh, he's got some BP down um, that he's going to throw down there Tuesday in Florida. He's in Florida right now. Of course, then the All-Star break happens, and then the expectation is for him to uh, be active and attractive and, and rejoin uh, this rotation uh, sometime in, in July. Also, reports out there is that the Mets are anticipating to have both Jacob DeGrom and Max Scherzer as a part of the rotation when they go up against the Yankees in the first two games of the Subway Series. How exciting that's going to be. That's the Mets Injury Report brought to you by Total Orthopedics, Spine, and Sports Medicine. Total Ortho Express is Long Island's premier orthopedic immediate care where no appointment is needed after all. Time doesn't heal wounds. Of course, they do. Let's continue with your calls. And uh, we go to Reggie, who's in the car. Reggie, welcome in. Good morning. Good morning, Anita. How you doing? First, long time listener, first time caller. How you doing? Hi, welcome in. All right. So let me get to my point really. So if you look at the history of our team, right, we don't get free agents, right? So you got to take that. Um, what I mean by that is we only got Carmelo Anthony because of Amari Stoudemire. We only got Amari Stoudemire because we was only willing to give him the extra year, right? Outside of that, he wouldn't have came here. We wouldn't have got nobody, and we would have never been in play for Melo. With that being said, <clears throat> I don't have a problem with the Knicks giving up their picks um, to get Donovan Mitchell, right? What I do have a problem with is we're going to give up picks and you're telling me, you know, we're giving up all these young players on top of that. I agree with the, the, the previous caller. We don't, this is not Kevin Durant in his prom. This isn't LeBron in, um, in his prom. It's not Dwayne Wade in his prom. I'm, I'm not knocking Donovan Mitchell, but – you had the best record in the Western Conference, and Anita, when they had the best record in the Western Conference, did you have full confidence that they were winning the chip? I'm sure you didn't, and nobody else did either. So <laughs> nobody else did either. So it, it doesn't matter what Utah's going to finish. They're not beating Golden State, and they're probably not beating the Lakers if, they, if they're fully healthy, right? They're not beating them. It doesn't matter what, where they end up in a regular season. They are who they are. Um, again, I, don't, I, I hope the Knicks can pull this off. We give up, like, if it's six picks, that, that's okay. Six picks, Quentin, um, Quentin Grimes, Emmanuel quickly. I don't want to see Toppin go. I really don't because I really want him to replace Randall. But if you, if you got to send him, I mean, I'm not sending all those young players. I'm not doing that. I'm really not. Not for Donovan Mitchell. Again, it's not like we're getting John Moran. or any, It's Donovan Mitchell, right? So they can give up the picks because, again, if you, if you, if you look at the last picks we got, the ones that come to mind that really did well was Porzingis and Barrett, and that's pretty much it. You know, all the other picks are trash. They 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 amounted to nothing. So I don't give a, I don't have a problem with the picks. I do have a problem with them giving up. Uh, um, like you know, hopefully you know they don't. Barrett is not discussed. I, you know, we just heard before you took my call that he's not discussed at all. He's getting he's gotten better every year. I wanted to yeah, out there where I got. But but Reggie, the, the, what what from what I understand, and thank you for your phone call, Reggie, and thank you for listening. Uh, the, the situation is, um, the Utah Jazz don't want to be on the hook for what Reggie is going to cost a team next season. Uh, we saw the amount of money uh, that flew around this past free agency, um, and so uh, Reggie is going to be a part of that next next season. Uh, let's go to Dre in Queens. Dre, welcome in. Hey, Anita, what's going on? Hi. Good morning. Hello. Good morning. 
Yeah, so I, I can't wait for this all to be over because it's just the, the, some of the things our fans are saying I really don't get. Like, we have been drafting better in the last two years, I think, right? But if we're going to give up draft picks, I don't know if we run the six. I think we should wait and see what happens like we're doing right now. Our front office is not the same front office that we had before. They clearly have a plan, even though people didn't realize it as we're getting rid of, you know, stacking up picks and everything like that. Um, as far as the picks go and the players, I wouldn't give up more than maybe one or two. Well, you have to give up one, but more than two of our young guys. And as far as the picks, I don't see jumping to six right away. I think, and, and even if we do have to go higher on the picks, some of those picks are protected, right? So it's not even the same as trading away our own picks that we have. Um, but I definitely think we need to do the deal for Donovan Mitchell. Um, he's not a superstar, obviously, right? But he is a star, and he can bring other players here later on. So I don't think it's like the mellow trade because the mellow trade, we traded away a bunch of starters. I mean, uh, a lot of people have said it was no big deal then, but look, Gallo's still playing. And, um, you know, even um, what was Chandler, a bunch of players at Mozgov, that hurt our team more than what we're doing here, right? Because we have a bunch of young kids now. So if we get rid of one or two of them, I think we could deal with that. Well, thanks for the phone call, Dre. Let's go to Brandon in East Orange. Brandon, welcome in. Hey, Anita, thanks for taking my call. Um, so I definitely think that we should do the Donovan Mitchell deal. I agree with the last caller to say that six picks maybe not be ideal. I wouldn't, again, start with that. I would start with four. The reason being, I really think that Danny Ainge is trying to tear this thing all the way down to the studs. It's a generational player in this next draft, which is Victor um, Benyama. I know I said his name wrong, but um, Victor. And for that reason – He's trying to bring this thing down. Donovan Mitchell being on his team is going to get them wins where they're not going to be able to pick him. With that being said, I would drive a hard bargain, maybe start off with four first-round picks. I know the answer to the Miami. Miami could only offer three first-round picks in Tyler Hero. Now, Tyler Hero is probably a better player than anyone that we can include, but if you tell me you give him four first-round picks, maybe some pick swaps, I think that's Danny Ainge was something that he'll be interested in doing. If I have to go to six, I would do it. The reason being is that People ask us if we're going to win a championship next year or the year after. Even if we were to keep all of our picks, what is it going to get us? A middling player or hopefully a rotational piece? Donovan Mitchell is a star. He's not a superstar, yes. He's no Kevin Durant, no Giannis, no Ja. But he's in the range, I would say, about 17 to maybe 20, 21 type of player. We need something like that that's going to say, hey, maybe when I'm a free agent, I would like to go play with Donovan Mitchell because you guys are building. The reason why Kevin Durant didn't come here, we had less cap space to get him and Kyrie. LeBron didn't come here, we had a cap space because there was nothing to play with. They want to see, hey, if I go there, I could be the prime star. Donovan Mitchell could be the number two, which he can. He absolutely cannot be a number one, but as a number two, I think that's something to be that that could win a ring. But you have to get him in the building first, develop him, let R.J. Barrett develop. Let's see, Jalen Brunson is going to get better. See how it all makes well. After that, you can trade Julius Randle. If, if it doesn't work out a bunch of you, can trade him down the road. But you need to get Donovan in the building in order to facilitate that. And I'm pretty sure, like I said, Danny Ainge, if you give him four first-round, four five first-round picks and pick swaps, he'd be willing to take that because I absolutely know that he wants Victor. And that's why he's building this thing down. Interesting, Brandon. Thanks for the phone call. Quick break. We come back. We kick off our three, really our four, if you've been listening to our golf show uh, that we tee off here every Sunday morning at 8 a.m. 
Um, and uh, we'll do. We'll continue to take your calls. So D and Danny, hang tight. Also, haven't had a chance to talk about the Mets yet today. Uh, they had won both their doubleheaders against the Cubs yesterday, and they're back in action this afternoon as well. Still a lot more coming your way. Nita Marks with you for another hour until noon, and then Larry Hardesty picks up where I leave off right here on 90.7 ESPN. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. Without further ado, we have a very special guest who's joining us. Hang tight, guys. I know you want to uh, continue to discuss the Knicks and Donovan Mitchell. I'm going to get to your calls in just a second, but... Kelly Hantman is joining us. I'm sure you guys have heard us talk about uh, the ESPY uh, winner, um, you know, somebody extraordinary, a, a woman extraordinary, doing extraordinary things here in the area. And uh, Kelly was recommended, and of course she won. So uh, she is our ESPY winner here on 98.7 ESPN. She uh, oversees a youth girls flag football program in Westfield, New Jersey. And so congratulations, Kelly. Really thrilled for you. Welcome in. How you doing? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, thank you for joining us. Uh, why don't you let, the, let all the folks know exactly like, why you were nominated, why you won, all that you have going on for youth girls flag football. Sure, absolutely. So the, the nomination was a complete surprise. <laughs> um, I had no idea, um, and it was a wonderful, wonderful surprise. Um, to begin, my son was playing in our co-ed league. It's through the Westfield PAL league in our town. Um, it's a co-ed league that has about 750 boys and probably about 20 to 25 girls play in this league. And my daughter said to us, I think it was beginning of third grade, hey, mom, I want to play too. And so she joined in that small group of girls. And this past fall, um, we were having a great season. The kids absolutely loved playing. She actually enjoys playing, you know, in this co-ed league of sorts. But, you know, she really wants to play with her friends. And I approached um, John Dugan, who's the president of our PAL league, and said, hey, John, what do you think about a girls' flag football league? And he said, do you think we can get the numbers? Do you think we'll have the girls? And I said, you know, absolutely, let's, let's get this. And so probably in about two weeks' time, two and a half weeks' time, we put out a few emails. Um, our town is very supportive of, of youth sports and opportunities for girls. And they sent out some emails for us. And we had 83 girls show up at our first mini camp, um, followed by two mini camps this spring. We had 150 at the next one, 100 at the next one, and it's just the excitement is just palpable. Everyone is, it, 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 it was, you know, they they weren't sure if it was going to be a big turnout, and everyone wants to play. Everyone is excited, and so it just shows the, the want, the need for for this type of program for girls. And yeah, it's been wonderful. Um, I, I hear you. Um, I, I, you know, I, I played women's professional football for, for five yeah. years. And in, the, in, in our quote-unquote off-season, what we would do is we would take um, the skilled position players and we would play um, five-on-five and seven-on-seven flag football. And then we would even participate in some of the, the, the contact, the nine-on-nine, where you have three offensive linemen and it's, it's, there's actually you're, – you're not wearing pads. You have to wear a mouth guard. Uh, but there is is contact. There's blocking per se. So you've got three offensive linemen that can block. And also, what's really fun is you can block downfield uh, for either a running back or a wide receiver. It's it's, it's pretty physical, but nonetheless. So I I, I played flag football forever in a day, um, which is which was really really fantastic. Actually, part of a, a flag football hall of fame um, up in Cleveland. So um, I, I know how important flag football is. It was one of my obviously my favorite sports to play and um and it's so important so this has been really fantastic which which you're creating here kelly thank you yeah it's been great and and we recently just had a mini camp with the new york jets 
Um, we had a great turnout as well with 200 girls coming, and they sent us flag belts and Nike cleats. So there's just, you know, a big need in New Jersey, a big want, a big ask for these girls to get out and play and have this opportunity. And we're just really excited to watch it spread. Fantastic. Kelly, if there's anything I can do, uh, you let me know. I, I know that um, you and I have, have uh, communicated in the past, and, and, and hopefully we can get together sometime soon uh, because I, I would like to uh, be a part of what you have going on and, and help in any way possible. So, and congratulations. Um, you got it. And congratulations uh, winning your ESPY. Yes, thank you. We're super excited and so thankful for my family also. My husband has been a huge support in putting this together and coaching and helping out with the drills. And my son is volunteers in the girls program, which I love. We're really trying to bring the teens and the community together in this sport as well. And so that's been great. And obviously my daughter loves being with her friends who have all abilities. I think that's also the key, Anita. It's not just the athlete. You know, you don't, you know, some people feel like you can only play if you're athletic. But, you know, she has friends who have all sorts of interests that are coming out for flag. The, the interests are huge and wide beyond football. And so it's Fantastic. Kelly, again, thank you so much. Really do appreciate um, your time here joining us. And, and again, congratulations on winning your ESPY. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN.